get your smoke on, I get your chill on. Let's get these conversations on. Crawling on moms and anybody who's living life. The Pop Moms Podcast is here. Talking all things cannabis with a mama twist, like a freshly rolled hemp joint infused with a bit of that, a bit of this. It's all part of the experience of life. Thanks for tuning in. You ready to begin? Then welcome to the PMP. Pop Moms Podcast. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's on. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's the Pop Moms Podcast. Oh, it's on. Hi, it's Kate, host of the Pop Moms Podcast. You are listening to the Pop Moms Podcast. Um, so this has been a crazy week, um, but welcome to our eighth, eighth, I can't believe I'm saying eighth, eighth episode of the Pop Moms Podcast. Um, we decided to call this one, Why Pop Moms Aren't Lazy. And I can't believe that I actually needed to make an episode that clearly conveys how not lazy pop moms are. It personally drives me nuts. But unfortunately, the stigma is still pretty real and definitely affects probably people that you know. Pop moms rule. Usually, I write a loose idea of what I'm going to say for these solo intros, and I still feel as heated as I did when I originally typed it. Being a mom is hard, but it's hard without everyone asking if the way that you cope with that stress or for whatever reason you choose to consume cannabis makes you lazy. The definition of the word lazy in the Merriam-Webster dictionary is as follows. One, disinclined to activity or exertion, not energetic or vigorous. Nope, that doesn't fit. Two, moving slowly sluggish a lazy river okay I can kind of cop to that one but that's usually just before coffee and usually I make that before anyone else is alive for the day anyways so I'm still not going to count that one Um, the next one is droopy or lax well that settles it the only lazy thing on my person is my nipples and I'm going to blame that on being pregnant and or breastfeeding for like seven fucking years then yeah I'm lazy But maybe that should bring to mind something else. Sorry for that visual. Um, Why have we associated lazy with a negative connotation? I wish people would start telling me, wow, she looks so relaxed and lazy. But I guess that means I would be super high in public a lot and strangers would have to make outward comments about me. So both of which make me feel awkward. Let's talk now about a time of year that all moms – not only those who have found cannabis um, are going through right now and they're busy as fuck. It's the holidays. This holiday season, we will do so many things beyond what I'm about to tell you. We will coordinate kids' outfits. We will clean the house. We will do the normal laundry loads as well as additional laundry loads. We will decorate the house. We'll cook a bajillion meals. We'll put down at least six toilet seats per day which is up from the average of three due to increased foot traffic. We will sort more recycling when visitors don't know how. Yeah, Dad, I'm looking at you. And then we'll get to clean everything yet again after it's said and done. Oh, and the chances are we'll probably get our fucking periods right before all of this shit happens. Yeah, sorry. 
It's no wonder that moms don't always look forward to shit like this. I am already substantially exhausted just talking about it right now. The big kicker, which I'm sure nobody noticed because we're all entirely used to it, is that not one of those things were even remotely something for ourselves as moms, as people. Oh, another time to give it all and get little back? Super. Two thumbs. So if you're listening, help your damn moms. Help your friends' moms. Help your mom friends. Just take back, like, help anyone who needs it. Help your neighbor. Help someone hold a door. Just, like, be kind. It's so easy to be kind. And I feel like the karma that you get back from it just gives tenfold. Um, And so for moms, like, this goes for you too. Ask for help. Don't make it about you not being able to manage everything on your own. It's just going to make you saner in the long run to ask for help. You're still a badass bitch and you still can do it all, but there's something to be said about doing it and not hating every aspect about it. And become friends with your bud tenders. Sometimes I'll walk into my local Seattle shop, usually a greener today. Shout out, how you guys doing? Um, I bother them a ton. (laughs) Um, But I'll ask them for a strain that I can use to get excited about having to deep clean the windows. Or go through all of my kids' clothes and get rid of the ones with holes or funny stains or things like that. Um, Or manage through another holiday party. We've got a bunch of those coming up. Um, I then get a good recommendation and it helps me not hate every minute of the mundane. So if you don't have uh, access to a dispensary, ask me. Seriously, email me. I will help you find a way to stay sane during the holidays. The email address, potmomspodcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. Or not. (laughs) Hmm. So in order to better understand the pot mom is lazy myth, we have to better understand why people think people who consume cannabis are lazy. So most of these current day stereotypes are from the scaremongering techniques used during the 60s and the 70s. So I've always said I would have liked to have lived during the 60s and 70s, but I think some of it would just be to experience how it was like back then. (laughs) So there was this guy, his name's Lester Grinspoon, and he was a Harvard professor, and he's a longtime marijuana advocate. Shout out. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks for helping. I wish you were a lady, but I get it. Times didn't really call for that back then. Um, But he was quoted saying something that I think is really impactful. Um, There's something peculiar about illicit drugs. If they don't always make the drug user behave irrationally, They certainly cause many non-users to behave that way. And I think that there's a ton of truth to that. Us humans, we're kind of weary of the unfamiliar and we're bad with change. And we're just really sometimes unnecessary judgmental without the full information. So my call to action here is don't judge. Ask, learn, educate yourself, and be... The change you wish to see. I think someone smart said that into the breeze someday, one day. (laughs) So the stoner stereotype was created during a time of change. People were thinking differently. People were acting differently. People were trying new things. And personally, I think it just like really freaked out the government. Um, Maybe they thought they were losing control. Um, I know people do crazy shit when they think they're losing control. 
So we've been force-fed the idea that people who consume cannabis are droopy-eyed, tie-dyed shirt wearing, even though I'm guilty of that, make it fashion, Um, that they're absent-minded, that they're losers, that they're, you know, all these negative connotations. But I think that a lot of that is from leftover from a lot of the propaganda happening during that time. So toss on that dumpster fire the expectations for moms nowadays that we spoke spoke about recently. Um, breastfeeding for those t- first 12 months or three years or three weeks or three days. Go back to work and get the promotion. But don't have any mention of your kid or ever use it as an excuse to, ha- ha- to leave early because then all of your other coworkers will get pissed off. Or don't. Choose to stay at home and watch your life change before your eyes. Uh, don't forget about packing your kids' lunches. But make sure it's healthy, you know. Make sure it's healthy. It's well-balanced. Now we're not using the food pyramid. We're using a plate, I believe, a pie chart of sorts. Um, My son brought that home earlier in the week, so that was good timing. Um, Yeah, and make it exciting. Make every kid's day exciting. Make sure they're scheduled. Make sure they're cultured. Make sure they're polite. It's just fucking exhausting. We have expectations that are impossible to meet every damn day. And sometimes we're the ones putting them on ourselves. So when you're getting to that feeling of being stressed out, maybe re-examining your own expectations. And I can't be a bigger advocate of asking for help. And everyone else who isn't faced with trying to level set their own expectations and are judging the mom whose kid's having a breakdown in the fucking milk aisle, shut up. Ask her if she needs help. Smile at her. But don't tell her she's got her fucking hands full because we know what that means. Just so you know. Um, just offer to help and be a human and have a human response. And I'd really personally appreciate it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, talking about that, I'm burning out and I haven't even gotten to light this J yet. How can you call any mom lazy? I'm going to give a huge ass shout out to all the moms out there. You're doing the hard work. And if you're not getting the recognition for it, I don't know, man, here's my recognition. Tune in every week and I'll give you guys some fucking recognition. Recognition. (laughs) Anyways, so I had this amazing opportunity to uh, interview an amazing woman. Her name is Lauren Mealy and she is the creator of Kush Cards. That's Kush Cards with a K for Kush and a K for Cards. Get it? I did. Kush Cards is the original cannabis greeting card. And let's think for a really quick second, what's the best present you could ever receive? I'll tell you, it's pot you didn't have to buy yourself. Lauren created these adorably catchy, punny cards, perfect for your BSB. And if you don't know what that is, it's your best smoking buddy. It's They're great for your mom that loves weed. They're great for your uncle who dabs or shit. Give one to yourself and enjoy your J that way. So in addition to the cards being aesthetically pleasing, it comes with this really, really awesome little spot where you can put your joint. That's cute as fuck. It's, it's the best, best gift. And chances are, if you give someone that, they'll probably smoke it with you. So you're doing yourself a favor. So her collections include most holidays, birthdays, just because. And one thing that I'm super excited about is a special collab with some of our new friends, Kevin Smith and Jay Muse. Who, if you have been living under a rock, which it happens from time to time, portray some of my favorite stoners, Jay and Silent Bob, in their reboot. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So, uh, Kush Cards are available online at her website, kushcards.com. That's K U S H K A R D S.com. 
Uh, you can check out her website for additional local options as well, depending on where you're located. You might be able to get these um, in time for the holidays. So definitely check it out. Um, the Kush Cards line includes cards for joints, cards that come with one-hitters, stoner gift sets, a collab with Toker Poker, and more. Support Lauren today and make your loved ones who consume cannabis happy and pick them up a Kush Card. I'm now going to kick it over to our interview. Please enjoy hearing about her hustle, which is admirable as fuck, shows that people who smoke pot are not lazy, and we hear a little bit more about how she got started. If you're thinking about getting something started, um, this first step is always the scariest step. Um, But she's been a huge inspiration to me as I try to get the word out about pot moms. So hopefully you guys will be able to relate to scary things in your life and how taking the first step is often the hardest part. Enjoy. So if you wouldn't mind um, just introducing yourself, kind of tell us a little bit about um, your history with cannabis and if you want to tell us like a fun story about uh, the first time that you smoked too. I find that that's like always such a cool conversation starter as we're getting to know people. Sure. Well, my name is Lauren Neely. I am 28 years old and I am from uh, Westchester County in New York. I um, went to the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I uh, majored in uh, visual merchandising and home product development, which has later helped me out every day in my Kush Card career. I uh, started Kush Cards about uh, back in, uh, I would say the idea was uh, uh, started in uh, 2013. However, I have been a cannabis consumer for quite some time now, let's say maybe uh, freshman year in high school. And a uh, funny story about first time I smoked, to be honest, I know it's a great conversation for her, but I don't even know if I have one. I think it was love at first light. That's nice. I love that. <laughs> we got friends at first light. We got love at first light. There's so many yeah. things happening under the lights. <laughs> right? Um, so, yeah, so it was kind of just one of those things where, you know, drinking at that age was obviously a big thing, but it never really um, – never uh, caught kind of interest or I enjoyed it. And then when I found cannabis, it was something that, you know, was more acceptable and something that I uh, enjoyed more. And I uh, luckily have a 420-friendly household. Uh, so it, it took some time for, you know, me to be open open about it because I was just so young. And um, But uh, over the time, it's been such a nice kind of safe house to be in, knowing that, you know, you have people around you who support you and won't judge you and especially it tying to my business. So, and you've done, you've been able to do so much with, with your business, which is like amazing. I wonder if some of that has to come from like the, like as well as the support of having people on board from the get go. I mean, that's, that's like amazing to hear that you were in a 420 friendly house. I feel like that's a battle that so many people as they kind of better understand how they want to use cannabis um, have to combat and almost hide. So I think that that's awesome. So kudos to your, 420 friendly household. <laughs> yeah, we call my mom Mama Kush, so she uh, she's the best. Um, and uh, she, I told her about the idea back in 2013, and she gave me the money to trademark the name right away because she knew one day that I'd do something with it. So I'm very grateful for the the support around me. Oh my God, that's fantastic! We're actually doing a episode on like OG OG pot moms, like our moms who smoke pot. <laughs> 
So we should totally talk to her about that. I can't even imagine she probably would have so much awesome stuff to say. Well, it's actually really funny because my stepdad is the stoner and my mom is just the OG ride or die. So she doesn't. Oh, look at your dynamic, man. You grew uh, up amazing. Right? I was like, she just held it down and she, you know, my stepdad is definitely the coker in the house, but, you know, she likes the smoking the house and she'd rather us do it there than anywhere else. So it's just very, like, a comforting, you know, and then when Chris cards came up, it was like, oh, this is perfect because, you know, I was already well into the novelty world. I was a stoner, so I, like, am, uh, I am my product, so. That's awesome. So talk to us. So 2013, you have this amazing idea. How does it come to fruition? Walk us through how you were able to get to where you are. Sure. So I was, you know, heading to work one day. I really wanted to get a friend a Christmas present, and we had cannabis, you know, cannabis uh, in common. And researching the market, there was no way to gift cannabis. There was nothing out there. You know, this is so, you know, it's very early, really early, you know, on in the cannabis community anyway, uh, industry. So I thought, well, why not roll his initials, because his name was initials, in blunt and sew them to a card, so basically, like, I would go to work, and I'd design a card, and I'd leave a little space in the middle for me to go home, roll some blunts, and then cut them in the shape of his name. And then I sewed it to the card, and my girlfriend was like, yeah, that's a Kush card with a K. And I said, absolutely. And that's when I uh, called my mom, and we trademarked it together. And um, so we had that, and, you know, all of 2014, it became my hobby because, you know, I just graduated college in July of 2013, and then I thought of this in December of 2013. So I must have had some high vibes going, some really creative kicks. Um, so this kind of just became my hobby. And, I, you know, after work, I think about what occasion was coming up and who I can give this to, and I would just make them and give it to people. And people were just so surprised. They've never seen anything like it. And, you know, I told everyone, don't post about it on social media don't share it, just this is for you, you know, this will be something one day, but, you know, we can't get that idea out there yet. So, um, and then my friends, they started ordering them from me, and I definitely was down the weed with them at the time. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, oops. Um, but we all I do it, you know. <laughs> I even made the gift bag for them, you know, it was so creative. Um, one of them was a, a stem of a flower, and the flower was an actual flower on it, so they were so handmade. Um and then, you know, all of 2014, I'm like, you know, this is still going. Nothing is still out there. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I need to make this, you know, make it something. So I uh, figured out a way to make it mass producible. And because there's no way, like, you can include a sewing needle and thread, you know what I mean? Right. In, in the card. So I made it mass producible, which took some time, a lot of product development. Um, but we made it happen, and we figured out a way to, you know, uh, design the card and package it so that if it were left on the shelf with just the simple signage, you wouldn't know exactly what to do with it and how to use it. Um, and that was one of my challenges when I first started was that I was not in front of all these people to, you know, share what this was like. So I designed a collection of 10 cards. I made 10 of each, and I booked the girls to Denver for 420 of 2015. It was the last cannabis cup they had here, and I already had friends who lived here, so it was a little bit more approachable and easier for me to get around, and Denver is very um, chill and um, and but not as expensive as, like, going to California and kind of starting there. So, um, so I went to Denver, and a friend of mine had been talking to, about Chris cards to his manager at the dispensary, and 
and I followed up with him, and he ordered a counter display. He was like, oh, your Kush cards. And it was the first time somebody called me Kush cards. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And oh, my the- God, what a cool moment. <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, so I, I used to call my backpack full of dreams. I would just walk around and just go into dispensaries, strike a match, light what you attach, and uh, all dispensaries were Amazed, but who knew 420 was the busiest weekend out here? Coming from New York and living in New York City, you know, we just we just all smoked on 420. It was nothing, you know, there were no events, there was no open place to consume, so it was quite a culture shock, but I still made it happen. I still waited on those lines. I still pitched them, left samples, and then slowly dispensary started to catch on and purchase, and I would follow up, and I kept taking trips back and forth to Denver and staying with a friend. Um, and I was able to, again, keep just spreading the word. Um, I luckily had a boss who was a badass because she knew what I was doing. She knew this was going to be something, and she knew we both weren't going to work at this job for, for that long. So she let me moonlight after work, and, she I mean, I would sleep there. She didn't know that, but I would sleep there sometimes. And it actually helped me because the uh, time difference, you know, it was only 5 o'clock in New York and 3 o'clock in Denver, so I still had time to make my sales calls and do all the necessary things that, you know, were involved with sales and following up and stuff like that. So that's kind of just the basic of how, like, the first sale started. And then the Instagram started. We started out on Etsy. Um, and our sales just started to improve. Um, after I came back from this Denver trip, I was seeking a community of some type to become a part of in New York because I'm like, how do I keep spreading this word? So I was lucky enough to find Women Grow at the time um, when they were first starting out. And I uh, went to their New York City chapter once a month um, that they had, and I uh, became so involved so quickly because they had meetings once a month all over the United States. So what I did was, you know, since I linked with Women Grow, um, my the word started to spread based on their platform. So they're such a testimony. Do you know who Women Grow is? I've been looking into them lately, yeah. So awesome, you know, awesome place for a lot, a lot of people in New York, too. They didn't know, you know, how they want to get into cannabis. Again, this was like four years ago. So uh, a lot of questions and a lot of people coming out with new products. And so um, I quickly uh, sponsored the one-year anniversary in August. Um, I flew out to Denver and I sponsored it. And uh, I made, like, little push cards as the raffle tickets. And I swear it was the best thing. And I didn't know it was the best thing for me to do that until I moved here to uh, about a year and a half later um, for the amount of people who remembered me. And I already had, like, a base. I was building my basis in Denver from New York uh, this whole time. So, um, yeah, so I would say this is in all of August of 2015. I just started in April. Uh, Things were moving that quickly. And then, uh, let's see, the following year, October of 2016, I made the leap. I uh, quit my job, and I moved to Denver, and it was off of a – off of a three-week trip to, I call it my uh, West Coast legal state tour because I went to Seattle for a week, Portland, and Denver. I knew I was going to move, but I just didn't know where it was yet, and I had been in the Denver market. However, I had not been in Seattle or Portland, so now there, the response was great. However, when I hit Denver, I just felt like I was home. I made my down payment for my apartment in two sales, and they were in check, so of course, Mom Kush. She uh, wired the money to the... Oh, man, what an OG. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, right? And um, so then, yeah, I just put a down payment, and I moved a month later. And we've been here ever since. And, you know, flash forward, we're in a 
over 400 retail locations. We have uh, massive distribution within the smoke shop and dispensary community. Uh, we got a placement in Spencer's Gifts this year, and uh, we just got into Sunrise Records in Canada. Holy so, shit. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's like, it is just beyond what I ever thought this could be. I mean, I obviously knew it could be something, but, you know, when I first started out, it was like I had to convince smoke shops and dispensaries that this was something that you should carry because, I mean, at that point, they were just really all about selling the weed because ancillary products were just not as hot at the time. At the time. So I thought I had this open niche, this wide lane of cannabis gifting that nobody was doing. So I just kind of hopped on. Again, I was already in that novelty um I was a bath accessory designer, and we sold to, like, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, and Kohl's. So I learned how to design a product, sell it, what sells, you know, how to how to work with manufacturers overseas, uh, what, what what's involved for sales and packaging. So I just took all that and put it into Kush Cards. So I was lucky enough to go to school for what I'm doing. And um, so, you know, those student loan payments. We know how we feel about those, but you know what? Oh, my God, right? I'm trying to pay it off in one shot. <laughs> that's awesome. That's such, that's huge. Congratulations. Those are so many different achievements in the industry. And, you know, it's it's a really good um, example of how just this industry is just booming. It's oh, just yeah. growing, and it's awesome. Like, to your point, if I, I just, like, I love hearing how scrappy you were, and you were like, fuck it, I'm going, I'm going in. <laughs> Yep. The busiest weekend in one of the busiest areas of celebrating 420. I mean, I remember seeing the coverage of Denver or, like, all of Colorado that year. Like, it was insane. Oh, oh, I was crazy. Like, I, like, people would look at me like, yeah, you're doing this now. I'm like, how do you know? I'm from New York. I had my hair pulled back tight, all black. <laughs> and I'm like, this is happening. So, you know, people loved So I left samples on samples on samples. And I, you know, I kept following up with people. And then, the social media started and, you know, it just really just uh, took off from there. And, and my growth has been so gradual and, uh, like, what I can handle. So I question myself right now, but. <laughs> yeah, right. you're like, as you're stapling and packing. <laughs> oh, my God. You're not here. Um, you got this. I'll fly to Denver and I'll help you. How's that? <laughs> Wait, are you, are you ready for this? Wait, we should have my mom on the show because yeah. my mom booked a flight to come help me next week. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. From when does she when does she come in? I'm like half debating booking a flight and just coming too. <laughs> oh, wait, you can somehow, oh my god, if you like I need I need to get so I need to get like a film crew in here. I need to get a GoPro or something because this is so insane. Like I try and take pictures because one day I want to write a book called Business on a Bike because I have no car in Denver, so I'm I do everything mobile. Um, oh my god, that's um, freaking awesome! <laughs> so it just I mean it keeps getting better, and she, you know, I have about eighty three hundred cards to pack in ten days. So um, she has some vacation days, and she goes, "Do you need help?" I'm like, "I have a lot of help out here, but I know you want to come." So she just sent me her itinerary coming the fourth to the eighth, and. Um, yeah, we're just going to be all up in here in my two-bedroom. Started as a studio, one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and I'm thinking in 2020 we're going to have to get an office because, you know, the point was to get a living room, and now the living room is just completely packed. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, like, that's awesome. What was So, okay, so we've heard all the amazing, amazing things. Have you had any struggles in the industry that other people might be able to relate to? Oh, yeah. I mean, every day is a struggle, first of all. Um, I would say 
just bringing in like the personal work-life balance and really challenging. I've gotten so much better over the years. So when I first started in the winter times, I would crash two years in a row. Like not like I had to like rebuild myself in a little way because I would just put everything into this while I was working another full-time job and I didn't like have that balance. But you know, to, you know, with the effort it takes to do a startup. Uh, you really have to incorporate that in early in so you don't fall into any patterns. So now I am so much better at that. So I just think personally that was a struggle. Um, but in the business, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, when I first started out, it was convincing people. Like, I basically thought of a brand idea. So now I'm selling an idea and a product, right, and something right. that people didn't even know they needed or wanted. So um, also dealing with the uh, – when I was in New York, dealing with buyers who were on the West Coast, and um, stoner buyers, you know, guide males who wouldn't return your call. or I, So I just knew I had to be there in person. So I would say my biggest challenge starting was uh, is selling the idea on people, which it wasn't that hard because, you know, people were like, wow, but they just, it was so new. So for them to take a chance in this um, so early on back then, it was a risk for them, but obviously it, uh, they, they, you know, they loved it, it sold, it didn't sell, and then it was, all right, well, how do I get this on the shelf? You know, if it's just sitting there, what am I going to do to make the sell better? You know, or do I go into the stores and help them sell them, sell the cards themselves and I'll sell their inventory? So I just tried a bunch of different ways, but I'd say that was one of my uh, biggest challenges then. And then, like, flash forward moving to Denver, since now we're getting those sales and people are, are hopping on, um, I would just say all, all my cards are handmade, were handmade. Um, which is insane. There's like, uh, yeah, that's amazing. I'm still <laughs> hand making them because I, when I'm sold out, I still have to hand make them. So that was the biggest challenge as well because I would have went under if I didn't find a factory that would help that help me. You know, the cards come to me uh, fully made and I finish them here uh, about 95% made. So um, that was a huge tipping point for me was to find something like that because uh, with my growth gradually, it just happened at the right time because, again, if I did not find that, I wouldn't be in business because I just couldn't, you know, handle the 1,000 card, 2,000 card orders, 3,000, and this recent 12,000. And I'm like, wow. So, I mean, that's, um, in, that's so much time that it would take. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm so happy that you found a way to still keep it so personal but still have it be something where you can have that work-life balance and you can still, yeah, I mean, like, Congratulate! I feel like you're just you're just shooting the moon here. You're doing amazing. <laughs> we're just we're just trying every day. And um, what was great is that like in Denver. So when I moved here, I had to get a job. So I worked at Orange Theory Fitness as the front desk. And who even knew what the like, who even thought to work at a gym? But you know, I got a free membership, and I worked the early morning shift. So I would work on my Chris Card email at the same time and uh, worked out for free. I got this whole Fit Fam out here, and now. I'm kind of incorporating myself into the fitness world because I um, I have I go to certain studios. I bartered my membership at uh, Flywheel, so I do their graphics. So I go there for free. I go to Orange Theory for free, and like now I am like the life of the class, and that's like my one hour or 45 minutes. And I try to go four times a week, and I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna go let loose, even if I spend, you know, because I actually either walk there, or take transportation. I'm like, even if it takes me two hours to go to a 45-minute class, I'm going to go to that class. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because I'm going to come home, eat, and then I call it the night shift from, like, 10 to 2 or 10 to 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just work it out there. So that work-life course really took some time, but then I started to find out what I really like to do. And all my friends 
friend from Orange Theory. So we all have working out life in common. So like tonight I go to hip hop spin. I am beyond. Like you need to come out here just for that if you like spin. Um, I love it. I've been on a really good kick lately. Um, I literally listen to Post Malone and just like get up on the bike and like in the middle of the YMCA like the hugest dork. And I don't care because it's fucking awesome. And I feel like a thousand million dollars after it. Yeah, I, like, love the, like, social setting, and, like, it's, like, so I just kind of threw myself into all these workout classes, and I found this one tonight. It's Cardi vs. Nikki. I just, like, I can't. <gasps> I can't. What? Like, I, like, if you come, you have to, like, if you ever just come to Denver, and it, like, okay, I've been thinking about this class since the end of last class. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> my like God. That's so dope. And, and the instructor is so, like, encouraging. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going into this class exhausted, but I'm leaving, like, all right, I'm ready to go, you know. So I just leave everything at the door. And before me leaving for that long, I would never even ever dare to do that, you know what I mean? But I also, too, was still working a part-time job, so I had to, like, really, uh, you know, spread myself out in a way where I can, I could do everything. So, um, yeah, so... I love that. Like, everybody comes from, you don't just start out in Kansas unless you're, like, right for millennial. You know what I mean? Like, you, or now you can go to school for it and stuff like that. Like, everyone comes from a different background. So, here I am bringing novelty to the cannabis industry. I'm bringing gifting, cannabis gifting, the idea that you can get something that's so great. Um, all these, all, a different way to look at it. So, I help normalize it because I'm putting it out something that's been around for ages, decades, just a greeting card. So it's like making it personable. And my cards, um, if you notice, and I'll send you some cards, um, they have barely any pot leaves. Like the pot leaf is set afterthought because to me, um, it's not about that. It's more about making them relatable. Like I have one that says I'm stoned over you and there's a picture of a marble stone in the back. You know what I mean? It's like it's like that clever pun that could be related. So then, if boutiques and stores want to want to carry our cards, they're not so reluctant or hesitant because it has those like stoner eyes, like everything that would mm-hmm. that would make them not purchase them in the first place already. So, I've definitely been Kushcraft as a gateway product for like uh, card stores and boutiques because um, I actually attended the first New York Stationery Show last year, which was a huge accomplishment um, back in New York, and because I used to walk them for my job and in school and um yeah it was you know again they said the same thing i almost in that little cannabis section in their shops now you know that's so cool dude that is so cool like i just love it and i love people are open to trying it that way and like you know and and that you're you're tailoring it to that so that everyone can have that experience with your great cards and like i'm sorry there can't be one person who gets a joint in like a beautifully crafted card that's like i prefer something else <laughs> yeah no and then that doesn't make, um, exist oh no yeah and then we also make cards with little one hitters now because i started going to all these smoke shop shows mm-hmm. and i realized that you know i needed to get a bigger return from you know from people just uh, from like just more than just dispensary. So now you have the option to gift just a little hit, um, just a one hitter, and you can mail these because nothing's included. Um, so now it's like your all inclusive. Um, like there, you don't have to you know shop anywhere sooner. Anywhere. I mean, I hope that you guys are the next hallmark because your oh, messages are just like adorable, and it's like it's just it's cool and it's cute. And you're right, it's not like the traditional, you know, like stoner eyes or like you know. I mean, and I appreciate that because it's a part of the history and it's a part of you know whatnot. But 
I mean, every starter I know it always carries Visine, so I don't really even know if any of us have <laughs> red eyes yeah, anymore. Right? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving us all of this information about your business. Um, everyone, go out and shop Kush Cards. Kushcards.com is the website. I learned any other um, like plugs you want to give? You know, you can find us at Kushcards.com with a K for the cards, and um, I'm at Instagram, the uh, same thing, Kushcards with a K. And yeah, I'm excited. I think you know, I think you know, down the road, pot moms are. You know, our mom and Mother's Day is a huge holiday for us. And, oh yeah. Um, and and I often find that it's, like, fun to see that, like, hey, like, you know, we can smoke this together now because more baby boomers are becoming um, open to smoking and telling their family that they do this. So um, so let's talk about it, right? So it's, like, the, yes. so, it's so fun. To, we'll be the toke of the town. <laughs> toke of the town, that's right. So. I love puns. So, like, the I just was, like, geeking out reading different puns. I love, love reading them. Either way, we'll be busy right through Valentine's Day, so I'm, like, looking forward to keeping in touch, and we can do some fun things for Mother's Day, and I can't wait to meet you ladies one day. I'll have to come out there. Yeah, you're awesome. It was, like, wonderful to talk with you, so thank you so much for making time. Of course. Like, Brett, thanks for calling earlier. Now I can take my 30-minute renewal nap. (laughs) 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 I call them renewal because we just need to wake up again. Pop Moms rule. Um, renewal naps? Sign me up. I'll take five. Right now, in a row. Um, Lauren's delightful. Seriously, check out her stuff. Again, Kush Cards, both with a K, dot com. Um, and those are her handles on social media as well. Um, she's a delight. So thank you so much, Lauren. And good luck busting your ass and getting all of that stuff done. Uh, next up, we go ahead and find out if Jasmine, our good friend Jasmine, who is at CBD Housewife on Instagram and has a cannabis marketing company, uh, we'll find out if she's a lazy pot mom. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a little spoiler. I doubt it. Listen up. The Pot Moms Podcast. It's the Pot Moms Podcast. Oh, it's on. Um, so this big episode is around why pot moms are lazy or just in general anyone who smokes cannabis kind of gets a bad rap um, for being lazy. Why do you think that is? I think because everybody has this idea that, you know, we're on that 70s show and we're a bunch of stoners sitting around a couch, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I just, I think it's so comical, right? And I actually, before we got on this call, I did some research on laziness, right? Laziness is a learned behavior, right? Well, you're not born lazy. You learn to be lazy, so lumping in stoners as being lazy is just absolutely ridiculous to me. And I, I know we both use cannabis, right? And the amount of stuff we do in a day, <laughs> the average person would be shocked that we even get high. There's so much stuff. So much stuff. I mean, it's 10 a.m. where I am. It's 1, a, it's 1 p.m. where you are. What did you do today? Like a million things. Oh, my gosh. I, I already drove an hour away, dropped my kid off to my mom, came back home. Got some work with some clients, got some girls set up in kind of the business that I do on the side in beauty, uh, jumping on this podcast. After this, I'm going to go see a client because we got to do some a live video about a giveaway we just did. And then after that, I'm invited to an influencer event somewhere else. That ends at seven. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to go pick up my daughter an hour away and then bring her back another hour. So, I mean, I'm doing shit. Okay. Hell yeah. Exhausting. <laughs> Exhausting. Right? Like, you know at what some I mean? point it's like. 
the pot makes me chill enough to go ahead and be able to enjoy the chaos of it rather than resent it because otherwise we just burn out, you know? I mean, it's immediately wake up, get the kids ready, pack lunches. We've got spelling tests today. Don't forget to do the practice quiz. Don't make sure, you know, make sure to have the, the, the field trip permission slip in. Uh, make sure that all kids are wearing appropriate clothing. I mean, like, these oh are all God. things that we do before we even leave the house. You know, yeah, or so, before we even take a shower or take care or, of ourselves. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It always we are always last, and if it means popping a CBD mint or popping a THC mint in the morning, so that you can just chill and like revel in the chaos rather than resent it. I mean, your whole day is going to go smoother. One hundred percent. It's like you know when you look at everything you have to do, it, it'll give you anxiety. You know, and some people cope right by pouring five glasses of rosé, I cope by taking a CBD gummy in the morning. Or at the end of the day, I will, you know, I will smoke so that I can at least go to bed. Like, you know, I'm a very hyperactive person. If I don't calm myself down, I will not sleep. I will be up all night. I literally wake up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. almost every day, and I start working on my business, especially when I was in the corporate world. That was my only time. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. was my personal time to myself for my business and for my mind and that's just like that's kind of crazy to the average person like how do you wake up in the middle of the night and do all this stuff and smoke weed right because what other choice do you have you know what I mean if you want to be able to still have that like glimpse of who you are and things that you want to do while simultaneously having a successful family I mean what are the options if there are some, please tell me because I do the same thing. I wake up early and I get stuff done so that I can be present when my kids are finally awake because otherwise I just get I get annoyed and I get short with them for things that are not, you know, within their – they're just being kids. Like, they're not trying to pick yeah. me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because you ha- as a mom, you have to be two people. You, you right. have to be yourself. Right? You have to be your own self and take care of you, but you also have to put on this front for your family. I'm like, I got it. Everything's under control. Everything's good. Meanwhile, you're just freaking out inside. So that's how I cope. Exactly. Nice. Well, there you have it. Pot moms are not lazy. Moms are not lazy. People who smoke cannabis are not lazy, unless they want to be. And if you don't smoke cannabis and people are calling you lazy, I don't know. Decide if you really, really care what they think, I guess. I'd love to thank both Lauren and Jasmine for their stories and their input on the show. If you've got a story and you want the chance to be interviewed by yours truly, hit me up. We've got a whole list of topics in store for you in the coming year. Lots of fun guest interviews. We'll be playing Real Strain Name, no wait, Strain Name Game, a.k.a. Strain or Abstrain, a.k.a. Is This a Real or Fake Pot Strain Name Game? (laughs) And maybe we'll get a really solid list on that too. We've also got a really exciting one where we make our guests smoke with us and then read the children's book, Llama Llama Red Pajama. Um, so really exciting things. We're super excited and we promise to try and at least make you laugh or feel like you've got someone in your corner. Uh, finally, you've heard me say it a thousand times in this episode. Help each other out. 
kids aren't born to us moms and we all of a sudden get hefted this large list of things that we now find joy in. I don't love rinsing off spoons full of peanut butter, putting them in the dishwasher or putting down toilet seats or wiping up the counters after breakfast for the third time. Uh, When I have help doing it, it makes my entire outlook more positive. I feel seen. I feel supported. I feel like what I do matters more when others offer to help me. There is strength in being able to ask for help. So do it this holiday season. Do it for the rest of your life. And bonus points if you accept someone else's offer for help. I know that we don't want to ever inconvenience anyone, but I know personally I don't offer to do something unless I mean it. This is Kate asking you to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcasts. We really, really appreciate the support. Questions? Comments? Want to partner with us or have us review your product? Or maybe you just want us to cover a topic that you have questions about. Let me do the research. Email me at potmomspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at potmomspodcast. And I even tweeted like five times this week. So I'm steadily improving. We're releasing bonus clips with Eunice on Patreon, so support us there at patreon.com backslash Podcast. We're also on Doobie, that's D-U-B-Y, at Moms. Thank you sincerely for tuning in, and keep blazing and stay amazing. Bye, Mom. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.